Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the UNT College of Music In Context podcast, the show where we find no flaw in this law. My name is Hayden Drew, and I am, of course, always one half of your host experience. Joining me, as always, is one Miss Hannah Brayfield. Heyo! And with us today is a, is a good friend of mine. He's the president and co-founder of Beta Gamma Omega. He's in the Euphonium studio with me. And he's an advocate for toast. Say hello to Mr. George Theodoroulis. Hello, everybody. Hi, George. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. I went to uh, PetSmart today to buy my dog some dog food. Went to Walmart to grab some, some... like school supplies we're just living life today yeah wow, that's amazing supplies. something about school shopping always feels kind of productive and fun i love i, I don't know if it's just being a music <laughs> ed major but i love school supplies <laughs> it's like yeah oh yeah like pencils oh love them no no no, no. <laughs> pencils pencils suck pens are where it's at you got to get the pilot g2 with yes. the 0.5 millimeter like tip yes. that's the I, way to go I have the um the pilot friction ball, the point seven oh. erasables. He's holding yeah. up a pen right now. He had it ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> I I yeah, I know my office supplies. I yeah, I had I've had some of those and I took them into theory too, because I like I prefer pens to pencils. And I had theory two with uh Dr. Lavacek and he was walking by, and he goes, he's like, oh, quite bold. Are you having a doing theory in pen? And I go, oh, but look, it's an erasable pen. And he goes, <laughs> what? <laughs> and he picks up the pen, and he's like, wow. What will they think of next? And put this back. Technology <laughs> has been out for like 20 years. <laughs> I, know. I know. I love What will they think of next? I know. I, lo- I love him. Well, anyway, so as our viewers know, we always start off these things with a little bit of discussion about your, like, Ooh, origin story. So could you please how'd regale you us? Yeah, how'd you get how'd you, how'd you get your superpowers? Yeah, so um, my name is um, Peter Parker. I got bit by a radioactive spider. <laughs> no. Um, so uh, I was born in San Antonio, Texas. And I actually, after I was born, I moved to uh, a suburb called Papago in Athens, Greece. Um, because my dad is Greek, my mom's American, and so I literally was born in San Antonio just to get dual citizenship. <laughs> I spent um, my ele- my elementary years in um, in Greece, um, and during that time, I was very big into soccer. I did Taekwondo. I ended up getting my black belt. Um, but the more relevant stuff in regards to music and stuff, I started playing classical guitar when I was about in third grade and I quit in fifth grade. Um, and when I moved to the U S I joined band because I literally thought band was like rock band. Oh no. <laughs> and, so Cause like my, my mom was like, you have four <laughs> options. You have choir, theater, orchestra or band and i was like i want to be in a rock band (laughs) and so i was originally put in the trumpet class because that was like the quote-unquote holding class for people who didn't like do the instrument selection process and after a little offended at that actually (laughs) (laughs) well it was literally like stick them on trumpet like i feel like that's a pretty stereotypical thing to do um but yeah yeah exactly so i on the eh, not really i'm pretty bad at trumpet low-key but <laughs> and that's exactly why my director switched me to trombone <laughs> so Yay. um i 
went sixth grade through um through my sophomore year of high school playing trombone um made the top band made freshman region band um and then the second semester of sophomore year i was like hmm euphonium is pretty cool and so i my director put me on euphonium for the spring concert and actually in the spring audition i didn't make the top band at my high school and so my director came up to me and he was like listen you're not in the top band on trombone but you could be in the second band on euphonium and so (laughs) i did that and we ended up playing some really cool literature we played tempered steel uh, which is a super sick piece. And then we played uh, Granger's Irish Tune. And so Baller. being a first-year euphonium player and playing Irish Tune was super <laughs> sick. Love yeah. that. Um, but, yeah, so around that time, I wanted to actually move to the U.K. and do the whole brass band thing because brass band was my – You were in my, it. You were for yeah, real. I was, yeah, I was actually in it. And then – I realized that composition was like my thing and I loved composing. So I auditioned, well, quote unquote auditioned for uh, Berkeley in Boston, UNT and SFA for composition. Um, I ended up getting accepted to all three. Uh, chose U- Yeah, I chose UNT simply because of Dr. Brian Bowman because he is literal euphonium (laughs) jesus like he is an absolute (laughs) legend in the in the field um and then once i got to unt i realized that i like band directing and i switched to music ed so that's my um that's kind of my my music backstory over the the course of the years i also um picked up steel drums uh oh yeah yeah. we didn't even yes questions about that how silly of me yeah, so I'm currently one of the bass pan players in the Two O'clock Steel Drums, which is the top group, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, yeah, and yeah, I just love band, so that's my that's my musical backstory. <laughs> Amazing! I didn't know you played classical guitar. Yeah, classical guitar was interesting because I hated it because <laughs> <laughs> the entire the entire time I was like, wow, I really want to play. Uh, rock guitar like I wanted to play uh, I I wanted to be a rocker you know and my lessons teacher was like here play this Mozart thing and I was like no (laughs) and eventually one of my teachers brought over like rock songs but really it was just Green Day Um, and I was like this sucks I I know I'm gonna quit after I moved to the US and I ended up doing it so wow but yeah you should start a rock band has your that. dream for being in a rock band has that followed you around? Like, would you still be in a rock band if you could? Oh hell no! I <laughs> what? <laughs> my 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 love for the genre has gone from oh I want to be a rocker to I can appreciate the genre of music. <laughs> That's but fair. it's like I just I went from listening because I listen to my dad's music a lot and he's like seventies eighties nineties rock, oh, like yeah. that's his that's his that's his thing. And then once I got into middle school and I got access to, like, my own phone and YouTube and stuff like that, I found my own musical taste, um, which kind of centered around, like, jazz and pop and R&B and stuff like that, so. Wow. So please, I I, want to circle back around to this because I think it's super cool. Please tell us about Steel Band. Yes! I 
love Steel Band. And I the only reason I joined it was because uh, my roommates, uh, well, my future roommate at the time, Ryan Linhart, was in the 8 o'clock. And he was like, George, listen to me. This is sick. You would enjoy this. You need to play bass pan. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then I actually watched them live, and I was like, okay, I'm going to play bass pan. And then whenever I saw Moody Schuler, like, dancing uh, while playing bass pan, I was like, I'm going to play the bass pan. And so <laughs> one semester later, I'm playing bass pan in the 8 o'clock, and it was probably one of the most fun experiences I've ever had. Uh, long story short, uh, after two semesters, I asked uh, Professor Ford if I could be in the two o'clock. And so last year I was in the top uh, top steel drums ensemble. And that was definitely one of the best musical experiences I've ever had. Wow. That's so cool. It's wicked cool. So were you planning on steel drums this semester or is that not happening yeah so i want to do steel drums we don't know what's going on so we don't know if we're doing rehearsals we don't know i i should probably ask some of the percussion people because i feel like they would know more than i do because i'm not in the studio obviously it's kind of a secret world yeah yeah (laughs) like it's so weird being in a percussion ensemble but not in the percussion studio because every bit of information well almost every bit of information is said during departmentals or said through email through the studio and then randomly i'll get a group me text and uh it'll be professor ford being like hey don't forget blah 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 and i'm like oh crap and so yeah (laughs) so we'll have to have a percussionist on so we can know the tricks of the trade (laughs) <laughs> we've been trying okay <laughs> um we just keep wanting to have band people on i'm sorry yeah it just keeps happening uh, you know whatever so uh let's talk a little bit about your your life as a composer man yes because it's really cool you've you've composed some things for uh our tuba euphonium ensemble uh Ooh. for that i, I have maybe what what else? Um, yeah, so I've composed primarily for euphonium, anything that involves euphonium. So I've composed uh, a solo. I've composed uh, quartets mainly. That's like my thing. I love quartets. Um, mm, yeah. Because you can do so much with so little, and it's hard to do so much with so little. And that's why I love it, because it's so much of a challenge. Um, but then I've done to be euphonium quartets. Uh, I just submit uh, a tuba, well, quote unquote, tuba euphonium quartet uh, <laughs> for a competition hosted by When Tuba Come One. Uh, their Ooh. instrumentation is actually a baritone horn, a euphonium, and two E flat tubas. So that was interesting to write for. Um, I did a, I've done a euphonium choir which got premiered um, at the uh, tuba uh, euphonium army band conference. Uh, which was super sick. Um, I've done a euphonium choir, which uh, Professor Childs premiered with the six o'clock. Um, and then I've also written a trombone quartet and a clarinet solo unaccompanied. Uh, and that clarinet solo is going to be transposed into a variety of different instruments. And my latest project is actually a euphonium concerto that I'm writing for my roommate, Jordan Drake. Uh, Ooh. So represent that's like you're my... doing the lord's work pretty soon <laughs> yeah. you don't have to steal my music anymore 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because Euphonium literally steals everything from the trumpet yeah. world and the trombone world and mm-hmm. the cello world. And yes. I'm mm-hmm. kind of tired of it because, in essence, my gripe with modern-day Euphonium concertos is that they're so freaking hard. Like, yeah, <laughs> composers literally just take all of the hardest things that a person can do about Euphonium and put them in a 20-minute long concerto that kills your chops. And so yeah. I wanted to write something that's still difficult in its own right, but it's not written with difficulty in mind, if that makes sense. Like, I'm just yeah. writing a concerto to write a concerto that hopefully can be played by undergraduates and, like, really good high schoolers or something like that. Um, yeah. Just because, like, right now, it's, like, the Horvitz is, like, the only concerto i can think of that's like at that level but even then yeah. a freshman can't play the horovitz necessarily like they can but it's not going to be as good or in detail or in depth you know like with mm-hmm. with trumpet or horn you have concertos that literally probably high school like mid-range high schoolers yeah. could play and we just yeah. don't have that with euphonium and so that's a space that i'm really excited to explore with this project yeah. yeah, that's that's really great. I mean, an accessible concerto sounds like something I would. I mean, I'd be. I think that's that's a wonderful idea because I mean, if you gave like even like a college freshman like the Wilby or the Jenkins, like <laughs> viewers, if you don't know, not are, even yeah, not even do like thinking back to my freshman year of college. Now, granted, I was, and and I know y'all talked about this with uh, other people's podcasts. But I was literally the worst player in the studio. Like, <laughs> I came in playing euphonium for two years. Like, there was no way I was playing a euphonium concerto my freshman year of college. Just because they're so stinking hard. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, they, they are. It, I, viewers, if you don't know, the, the will be and the – give them a listen. They're, they're, really good, uh, they're really good music. But, Jesus Christ, they're hard. They're hard. <laughs> <laughs> they're hard. Um, relate. We have hard music, but we have music that can be played at basic, like, there's music for all levels of trumpet players, and, mm-hmm. like, there's professionally, like, professional-grade music, you know, you can play the Hummel Concerto probably when you're in high school. Like, it might not be great, but you'll play it, and it, you won't die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly, and that's kind of, like, a, a void that I'm trying to fill with, like, my my composition like a lot of my stuff has been very advanced composition just because that's what i like to write but i'm starting to to try and explore that void that exists in euphonium composition nowadays yeah you know you know what i feel like there's an even like that also is like a void that needs to be filled i feel like a lot of modern euphonium literature or just modern literature in general is like modern yeah what i mean yeah exactly yeah and (laughs) like we had our our neo-romanticism we we have music that doesn't (laughs) sound like it's modern that's modern but euphonium music in particular is very it's very progressive like composers view the euphonium as a progressive instrument and so whenever they write for it it's very extended technique filled it's very um very rhythmic over melody which is what the euphonium like thrives in in my opinion is melodic content um 
but I'm sorry. Yesterday, someone I was talking to someone and they <laughs> quoted you. You got quoted by someone. Oh. And they were saying that <laughs> you say that um, euphonium is like the saxophone of brass instruments, in that because it's new, uh, composers treat it like it's a new instrument. All the music has to sound like modern new music. Exactly. Like modern classical. Yeah, music. it's oh. like just because it was, it's not in the orchestra and it's not like. Like, the only thing we have is band and brass band. And so, like, <laughs> and even though a lot of that music is very, like, you know, quote-unquote, like, classical, like, traditional, romantic, if you will, a lot of it is also very contemporary and very, like, forward-thinking in its composition. Um, and there, I, I feel like if you're a high schooler who hasn't been exposed to that sort of stuff yet and you're looking for a harder solo to do and all you have is like fantasy uh or sorry fantasia and uh, the horvitz like you're not gonna you're not gonna want to pursue that further you know yeah for it sure. would be discouraging probably i do have more to talk about in terms of composition because oh, right we right before right before like the week before covid happened we went to your recital oh, like yes. you and corlin and thomas's happened. recital yes we want to so, talk about that <laughs> okay yeah what what do you want me to talk about okay so first of all um what is it like comparing for a, preparing for a composition recital like do you write a bunch of pieces or have you already written them and you're working them up what do you do so it it really depends for my composition recital i as i said before i write a lot for euphonium and i wanted to showcase something that wasn't euphonium at the recital and so i personally wrote one new piece and i took it and the second piece that was performed in that recital i transposed from euphonium to trombone and i kind of edited it a little bit just because it's with my trombone quartet uh, shout out to the Busy Boys Quartet. Um, yeah. <laughs> love you all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I wrote a new piece and edited an old piece. Thomas uh, White, on the other hand, uh, he, I think he wrote a new piece. No, he wrote two new pieces and, well, the famous encore. You should really get Thomas uh, on yes. the podcast to talk about this encore piece i'm not even gonna mention it because a lot of people already probably know about it but Mm -hmm. that piece was his old piece that he just kind of brought back and then Coraline, from what i understand yeah exactly it's a college of music (laughs) staple um but uh and Coraline, from what i understand as well took a few of her older pieces and wrote a new one for the recital but yeah, it was just so weird planning it because we knew we were going to do it. Like, I think we discussed it the spring of 2019. Um, and we just started planning it like randomly. Like, we just kind of did it. And like, um, we at first we were joking about like doing the recital and then it evolved into actual like it happened. So yeah, it's yeah. just really weird. So, planning a three-person joint recital, you don't see a lot of those, actually. You see joint recitals between two people, and you see single-person recitals. Was it, like, a statement, or was it just, like, 
we're all friends. And also, yeah, writing was... pieces is hard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, we, like, we were all pretty much, like, a clique since uh, freshman year in uh, Comp 1180. 1180 and 1190. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I didn't take 1190. I already switched majors oh, by that yeah. point. But okay. in, the, in 1180, we, like, became kind of a clique. Um, we all were in bro together. Um, so we like, um, interacted in that facet. Um, but yeah, so we just kind of got along and said like, screw it. It's three people who cares. And we made sure sure that everything like lined up to where we don't have to worry about the fact that we have a lot of people. So we chose the latest, uh, time available to us for a recital. That way we can go over if necessary. Um, Mm. We chose a venue that we knew was going to be good enough to facilitate the amount of people that we needed. And the recital hall doesn't seem like it can facilitate that many performers. But the thing is, is that we get the green room that way. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So So we we got. Yeah. So we got the green room. Now, it doesn't come in like once you get the recital hall, you get the green room as well. Like you have to reserve them at the same time. Exactly. So. Um, we had the green room as a warm-up area rather than backstage of Vortman, uh, which really smart on, I think that was Corlin's idea or Thomas's. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we just kind of did it. It just kind of happened out of random and it was That's probably neat. one of the more fun experiences because we were all backstage. Like, I, I don't know if you've been backstage in a composition concert, but the entire time people are dancing, making fun of like random things yep. it's like, awesome it, it's it's wow. genuinely a hang <laughs> if you're interested in like s- listeners if you're interested in seeing you know what happens you can literally just volunteer to go like stagehand a concert like a spectrum concert from the composition studio uh the composition department sorry and you know you just talk to like the president of the composers forum which you know if you know any comp- composition people they'll know who that is and you just say hello i'd like to help you move chairs on stage and they go yay thank you and then you get to see what happens behind the scenes and it's super interesting you should do it i've done and it. it's super <laughs> it like even if it's not interesting it's just super fun because like you just get to hang out with a bunch of really cool interesting people and oh, yeah. uh, like pretty much just goof around the entire time it's great <laughs> wow how wonderful well a minute ago you actually mentioned uh, something that we're really excited to talk to you about, and that is Beta Gamma Omega, your yes. uh, fraternity thing. So I understand that you are the president and co-founder, correct? Is yes. that right? Yeah. So in essence, I um, I marched with Sarah Kathreiner at Crossman in 2016, um, and I didn't go back to Crossman for personal reasons, but it, we didn't talk to each other for until I came to college pretty much. And then once I got here, we like started hanging out and out of the blue, she just asked me, Hey, so um, there's this fraternity at SFA called beta gamma Omega. It's a fine arts fraternity. Um, it's very like very chill. Like the motto is brotherhood before fraternity. Like, I think you would be a great person to help me start this here. Um, and I was like, no, <laughs> like at the time I was like, <laughs> really? 
Yeah, at the time I was like, I'm not gonna get involved in a fraternity. That's dumb. I'm gonna get alcohol poisoning and meh meh meh. And so, I <laughs> I rejected her. And I think the the very next day or something like that, I texted her and I was like, Hey, I'm in. And like the rest is history. Like we've gone on. We were founded in 2017. Um, we have been strong ever since we got up to 63 active members last semester uh which is wow more, a lot. it's more than a lot of the other organizations on campus which is crazy <laughs> to think about um sarah unfortunately well fortunately for her but unfortunately for us graduated um and so <laughs> yeah unfortunately. <laughs> well for us it's unfortunate because no, yeah. that, like that's our founder yeah, you know yeah. yeah and so we currently have three other founders still at unt and that's mylin lillard uh who's a graphics design major and steven swanky who's a uh, music oh, ed the man yes. what a hang wow yeah oh, amazing before we continue uh, we should talk about what bro is because we haven't talked oh, about yeah. bro at all. That's uh, that's for our a listeners. good idea. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So, so give them the spiel. What's your elevator speech? So Beta Gamma Omega, in essence, is a fine arts social co-ed fraternity uh, whose mission statement is to uh, gain social maturity and leadership through the preservation of the fine arts in our schools and communities. Um, our motto is brotherhood before fraternity, uh, and in essence, we're just there to make sure that the fine arts don't die while also just yeah. having fun and, and joking around in essence. Um, so we don't take ourselves too seriously. I mean, the motto is literally brotherhood before fraternity, you know? Um, and we, we really st like stick to that because we don't want like the stereotypical fraternity culture, like dictating what we do. What, what we want is more of a, personal connection between all of the members rather than a this is what the fraternity does man 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 you know because yeah. that can get really yeah. annoying so yeah that's that's who we are that's us that's bro in in a nutshell Aww. wow how amazing I, you have a very good like i get good vibes from bro as an yeah. outsider it passes my vibe check with flying colors i agree so. thank <laughs> you yeah we have a wide variety of members that range from like you're very social and outgoing to like the oh i didn't even know your name before i saw <laughs> like before we were in a class together so and it like, like mixes all these different majors and yeah like, it's types like of yeah. people and doing all these cool stuff yeah the problem that we face is that music majors are naturally just more outgoing people because marching band is a thing mm. um and so the art majors and the film majors are like, I need to go draw. But like the <laughs> art majors and the film majors and like we even have some non-fine arts majors in there because we're not major specific. Like oh. they they really bring a lot to the table that like you don't get in a music fraternity. And like we really value that that aspect of Beta Gamma Omega. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I mean, you get a good amount of uh, people that are already in music fraternities, right? Like, I know Hannah Arms yeah. is there. Um. Yeah, so our sergeant at arms, which is in essence like our, our grievance police, quote unquote, <laughs> um, she is also a Mu Phi Epsilon, uh, which. Yeah, Hannah! Which lo love everyone in that organization. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> she, she, she does a uh, double duty with. Uh, the ECs in both of those uh, organizations. And I know uh, in the past, Alejandro Cruz, who's one of our founders, 
Uh, he was uh, in both of those organizations at one point. Nathan Phillips also uh, oh. in MUFI. A lot of MUFI, like, yeah. cross Something about the co-ed thing, like, it attracts people across both of them. <laughs> yeah. But they both have good vibes. Yeah. And yeah. they do different stuff. Like, it's, you're both doing, both of the groups do service activities and hang out with each other, but it's yeah. like, I don't know, they're just different. Yeah. Yeah, if I were to compare the two organizations, obviously, besides, like, bro being fine arts and mufi being music is that like yeah. mufi is very is a professional fraternity so they do a lot of service hours and their meetings are a lot more serious well beta gamma omega is social and that's like like we still do service hours we require that of our members uh but it's not like the 30 hours that mufi requires or something like that it's it's more yeah, of sterling tier yeah <laughs> but like we in essence like we are just there for the hang uh but the thing that brings us together is our will to preserve the fine arts oh that's, that's cool. such a cute statement like that's that's so quotable yeah. like, put that on a plaque we love bro oh. we do we yes, do indeed, indeed love bro i was curious do you have any like are you sh do you know what you're doing this semester? Like, how would someone join slash can they this semester? Yeah, so we're we're currently just because like all of the EC summers have been very hectic, and obviously everyone else's has too because no one knows what's going on. Our mm -hmm. we're gonna have an EC meeting on the twenty twenty uh, first. Um, I already have an idea of what I want to do as president. I just need to run it through the EC before we finalize anything um and so we are definitely looking to do a online rush process um, Ooh. yeah e so yeah e-rush <laughs> zoom rush <laughs> <laughs> um from what i understand actually i'm not going to announce the rush theme because okay, i sorry. don't want i don't want to step on mm -hmm. uh andy raglan's uh <gasps> what a great guy that's my andy! roommate he's our he's our membership <laughs> education coordinator love that guy ah. i do too um but I don't want to step on his his uh, heels. Um, but yeah, so look for an online rush process around the third or fourth week of school. Um, and yeah, and uh, shameless plug, follow our social medias at BroUNT on everywhere um, if right. you want wow. some more updates on that. Sounds good. I bet we could plug those in the show. Oh yeah, we could. We could totally do that. Huh? <laughs> look I for like that. that. Yeah. We help each other. We're homies. Okay, anyway. Of course. <laughs> Uh, so Let's what have see. you? What else have you been up to this summer? I actually I know that you and Jordan and Tyler have all been working at Raising Canes. Yeah. Oh so, yes. So I was originally supposed to spend the summer in Katy, Texas, which is in the Houston area. That's where I'm from. Um, but <laughs> I got to Denton and I was like, there are so many more job opportunities because my roommate literally works at a place that's hiring twenty four seven. So. Um, I asked Jordan, hey, can I, can you talk to your manager about me going to Canes? And he was like, yeah. So uh, I started my first day on my birthday, actually. It was a birthday uh, work uh, oh. startup. Um, and then Tyler Wise, who's uh, currently our roommate, he wasn't at the time, um, but uh, he also joined the staff. And so we worked a little bit together. And starting... Uh, next week we're all three going to be on the same shift <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's so that's yeah. like that's the dream that is the dream are you oh, all yeah. working the same like uh 
like positions in the restaurant? Like, is are you all like cooks or are you like your cashier, Tyler's uh, yeah, so, fry shop? So, uh, the kitchen and right now we're only doing drive through. We don't have oh. uh, our dine in open. So Tyler has been primarily working drive through and what we call prep, i.e., make pumping all the sauces, uh, doing all the coleslaw, etc. Um, I have been primarily working boards, which is where you make all the food or not make, but like you put them in the boxes. Um, and I've also been working on the toast station, which ah, it's toast, the toast, toast. station. <laughs> um, and then Jordan is primarily working on boards sometimes. And, uh, what we call he, what we call like being on bird, which is like, um, uh, Manning the fryers, like putting the chicken in the fryers, putting flour, stuff like that on the chicken. Is he a bird specialist? I think he was training to be a bird specialist. I don't actually oh, know. <laughs> Listeners, there's a position at Kane's called bird specialist, yeah, which my and, boyfriend is, and he talks about it all the time. Yeah, so so bird specialist in essence is like a professional like fryer. Like you, you pretty much your passion, quote unquote, is frying chicken uh but it's he also makes like it at our house sometimes yeah it's also like a leadership position like a really important one like you have your yeah. trainers and a, between your trainers and managers you have the bird specialist wow i got yeah. the ladder i gotta be a bird specialist man i gotta i gotta like man Imagine what am i that doing on your resume yeah f- I just forget music man i'm i gotta dude Bird specialist. <laughs> Bird specialist, I'm telling you. It's the next fad. I agree. So you man the toast station. Please tell me about the toast station. I mean, it's not that interesting. You just break apart the loaves of toast, put butter on them, and then put them on the grill. And then that's toast. Oh, that's it? That's it? Yeah, that's literally it. Oh. You just, yeah, you just Kings butter toast. Kings isn't out here making their own bread, Hayden. So when you, <laughs> when you do your, so imagine I get the box combo, right? I get no slaw. Do I get extra toast or extra slaw or what? What do you think? Extra slaw, no slaw, extra slaw. Yeah. If you, <laughs> there are some psychopaths that take out <laughs> other superior items and replace them with coleslaw. No go. What? That is a no, no go. No one does, does that? that. There are some seriously ill people going to Kane's at University <laughs> Drive because there are some order requests. Anyway, I'm not going to get into it, but yeah, so. In regards to the question that you asked, Hayden, on a previous episode <laughs> of your podcast, you had a, a special guest in the form of Reagan Garza, and he had the audacity to grill me over preferring toast to fries. And let me tell you, I for the, for the listeners, I literally messaged Hannah and Hayden saying, I need to clap back. Like, this is the only reason I'm on this episode right now. Yeah. And so that's correct. <laughs> so I let's just let's just debunk this theory that no coleslaw extra fries is better <laughs> like than ben no Shapiro, coleslaw extra toast. Coleslaw debunked. <laughs> like, Sweet facts yeah. and logic. <laughs> logic. <laughs> that's really good. Wow. Okay. Okay. Get to debunking. Back back to the the facts. So first off, our fries are frozen. <gasps> that that's just fact. Our chicken is not frozen. It's kept in like the the walk-in fridge. Fries are frozen. That that's that's no secret. Like you can literally buy our crinkle cut fries at Walmart. I'm pretty sure. 
Really? Oh. Yeah. But they taste really freaking good. So I don't know how that is. But yeah. So fries are frozen. Second, whenever you get no coleslaw extra fries, you get so many freaking fries. You Like, it's literally half of the box is fries. No one eats that many fries. Like, it's I, so many. I don't, like, like see the sure. problem. like it's more food no but like it's it's not necessarily a problem but whenever you have four pieces of chicken and you have fries that are going like that are pretty much served for two what are you doing with your life like it's not proportionate better than eating i look listen i don't think anyone that goes to like fast food restaurants are necessarily looking for the healthiest thing out there yeah they're not like like, "Mm, that's too many fries (laughs) okay but but still it's too many fries and the reason why that's a problem (laughs) is because the fries get so soggy this is Uh, the problem number three the fries get so soggy so if you're going through the drive-thru and you take like a five minute drive to get home all the condensation from the chicken, because obviously it's hot, it's steaming. All the condensation builds up, goes to the top of the box, and then falls back onto the rest of the food. The fries are the worst part of the box after five minutes of being out of the drive through Like, the toast, edible. It still tastes great. Chicken, edible. Still tastes good. I, I don't care for the sauce. It's in a container anyway. But the fries get so stinking wet, and they taste terrible. Ugh. I agree with you that You can one. tell I'm very passionate about this, <laughs> the, this topic. I would like to add on, you definitely should have cited the fact, Jake likes to tell me about this, my boyfriend named Jake, who's the bird specialist. He talks about how the fries, <laughs> um, he He's says we specialist. make sure to fry, th- I know flex but um <laughs> is he a toast specialist though i didn't mm. no that doesn't that's... exist well, i wish it now. did I'd hopefully everyone's a toast specialist. george george is the first toast, uh, toast specialist oh let me finish oh sorry so they evidently <laughs> <Yes>. canes <laughs> uh changes out the oil in the fryer not so that the fries don't taste like the chicken but so that the chicken doesn't taste like the fries like they don't want the chicken to taste like the fries because the chicken is the special thing and the yeah. fries are like the lesser. That's like not important to them as much. Yeah. Like like fries are a part of the meal because it makes sense to have fries with chicken strips. But like, it's sort of a peripheral concern. And then toast is what makes it special. Like toast is a special canes thing. You don't get toast every day. Yeah. So yeah. And and that like was the my way, understanding. Yeah. And also from what I understand, don't quote me on this. This is just me rambling and thinking. I'm pretty sure <laughs> no coleslaw extra fries is actually less of a bargain than no uh or no coleslaw extra toast. I you know I think so. Yeah. I agree I'm pretty cuz the cuz like it's not a full side of fries. It's a quarter of what you get with a side of fries. But you Rather get than a getting whole, an entire extra toast. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I I don't you understand how people order like <laughs> five different sauces. Or, like, five, like, separate things and, like, eat all oh, of them. Oh, yeah. You can order a gallon yeah. of sauce and there, sure. Yeah, you can literally, if you call in in advance, you can order a, a gallon jug of sauce. And I'm not a fan of sauce because it contains an ingredient that I'm not a fan of. Uh, not going to spoil anything. Um, but Mayonnaise. Yeah, it's mayonnaise. But <laughs> it's a lot of mayonnaise. Yeah, there's, like, two ingredients in the sauce. 
it's like ketchup, mayonnaise, and then a culmination Some of other, other sauces and spices. But anyways, but yeah, you and also the weirdest part is you can order a 22 ounce cup or a 32 ounce cup of sauce. Oh, like the cups that we use to serve drinks. You can fill one of those but up with sauce. sauce. Nice. And then you stick a straw in it and you just go. Wait, go no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Up. Yes, yes. No, that, that, incorrect. <laughs> and then you, you use it to wash down your coleslaw. Oh, oh, of course. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Well, I found out something really interesting <laughs> yesterday about Whataburger. And that if you order through the Wada app, okay, so like, you know how they get like rewards or like offers or things like, oh, buy one, get one free. It's the kind of thing. So. The Pico de Gallo burger is not selling well right now because it's, quite frankly, not very good. <laughs> it's it's just bad. So because it's Pico de Gallo on a burger. It's really the sauce. It's the cre- it's the it's just a bad sauce. But anyway, so what you can do is you can get they they're giving away like an offer for a, like a, a buy one get one free Pico de Gallo burger, and it's like five bucks, six bucks, whatever. So, so you can have two terrible burgers with the purchase of one. Yeah, but <laughs> oh, I saw that. But here's yes. what you do in the Whataburger app: you can customize your burger. So <gasps> here's what you do: you get the pico de gallo burger, no pico de gallo, no creamy cilantro sauce. Swap out the cheese for uh, American Swiss, and then <laughs> swap out the buns for Texas toast. <laughs> the buns for the toast. No. Swap out. <laughs> no way. Yeah, get creamy pepper <laughs> sauce for an extra fifty cents. Can you make a patty melt? Yeah, you totally can. <laughs> and it's <gasps> that, no, it's no charge. extra charge. And you get and you get buy one get one free patty yeah, melts. Yeah, and like that. and you can do that, you can do the same thing. Yeah. And in fact, pro gamer In move. fact, you can do it for any style of burger. You can for I mean, there is an extra charge if you want like bacon. If you want to get like the sweet and spicy bacon burger, but you can get a side of the sweet and spicy bacon sauce and make a sweet and spicy bacon burger. With with your, with your pico de gallo <laughs> thing is genuinely mind boggling. You have no idea how <laughs> impressed I am at this research. <laughs> and you can do the same thing with a number one. With a number one, you can just get Texas toast and the better cheese and the creamy pepper sauce for like six bucks for the like regular meal, as opposed to like the ten dollars for the patty melt meal. You're just missing the extra that is patty. So smart i love how genius you are <laughs> sometimes oh my, my genius God. is it's it's frightening i i know Has science gone too far no well no, no. anyway uh <laughs> thank you for that but uh speaking of segues yeah that's 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 how we do it on this show um it's rapid fire time baby oh yeah yeah that's it pew 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 pew, pew. oh yeah baby so I'll I'll start off with our 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 classic, <clears throat> Waffle House or IHOP or Denny's. So I have I've only been to Waffle House once, and I so not enough data, <laughs> not enough data. Okay, but in in regards to IHOP versus Denny's, if IHOP still served the red velvet pancakes, IHOP would be better. Yeah, but because they don't serve the red velvet pancakes, Denny's, like, I think it's $4 for unlimited pancakes. Total really? steal. Whoa. Yeah, it, it's $4 for unlimited pancakes. And you can add chocolate chips for $2 extra. Oh, that's a lot. $2 is kind of, mm, that's, that's a bit, 
the chocolate you chips. Just bring oh, sorry. Your own chocolate I, chips. It, it it hasn't it's been a while since I've been to Denny's, so I don't know if it's two dollars or anything. But you can you add chocolate chips. Prices. He's not a pancake specialist. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm only I'm only a toast specialist. <laughs> right. Okay. That's a decent take. Yes. I I'm not yeah. mad at that. Even the Waffle House is my preferred. I was craving IHOP I, today. I know, Please me too. Because me. they have, <laughs> at IHOP, they have uh, these mixer drink things. And there's one called a Splashberry. And no one knows about these drinks. I think we've talked about the Splashberry Look, listen, viewers, show. you're going to listen again and you're going <laughs> to like it. Because the Splashberry is delicious. Okay? <laughs> it's so good. It's orange juice. It's Sprite. It's strawberry. It's fresh fruit. It's everything you need for a daily meal. Next question. All right. IHOP should hire IHOP. you for their commercials. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Favorite piece not originally written for Euphonium to play on Euphonium. Oh, my word. Okay. There's way too question. many. I don't think there's one that I can pick. Um, Give me, like, 50 minutes to come up with a list. Just to come up with a list. <laughs> and then I'll get back to you. Wait, um, just one one. Which one came to mind first? Oh, probably the Clark solos. Oh, really? Oh, nice. Yeah, because the Clark solos, first of all, they're classics on Euphonium. Like, thank you, Dr. Bowman, for for your contribution of bringing those over. But, or I don't quote <laughs> me on that, but I'm pretty sure he was, like, the first one who was like, oh, yeah, Falcone, dumb. <laughs> I swear I know Euphonium. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so um probably the clark solos just because they're really good fun solos that you can learn within a day or two uh and just get them done other than that uh the hummel fantasy is really good i really like that piece um yeah and a lot of cello stuff oh yeah like oh yeah the the bach cello suites are really good classic can we just both say no, classic? I said correct. Oh okay. wait, Hayden, oh. Hayden, Alien Loop. Oh, that one was awesome. Orig- originally a trombone solo. <laughs> oh, uh, that's for- that's kind of cheating. <laughs> well, cheating. I mean, no, well, no, it's no, not. no, it's not technically okay. because it's for trombone and tape accompaniment, yeah. and it's mm. it's fun. It was cool. It was really cool. George uh, brought. Cool. I loved playing. Yeah, that. It, he he played it at departmental like last semester i think and it was it was a good time but anyway you know what else is a good time getting lunch what is your ideal union lunch i'm gonna have to go with the same answer reagan gave the two dollar double bacon cheeseburger but but two of those um with no just cheese and ketchup and bacon and like that's if i'm on a budget of course if i'm not Kush Roddy oh, or yeah. whatever it's pronounced, the grilled cheese that is there. Slaps. It the most underrated food establishment sure. on yeah, campus. The Vatican is so good. No oh, yeah. one knows about Absolutely. it. No one knows about it. It's like two dollar grilled cheese, and the grilled cheese is the size of like a notebook. Yeah, it's it's really crazy. Good. My favorite is to get one and then get the little soup. like cup of soup with it. And oh that's like yeah, killer you, on a cold day. Because they also have tomato oh. soup. Yeah. Yes. And the, it's they delicious. have like they, they don't only have just grilled cheese. They have like really like a wide range of grilled cheese yeah. you can get. Like you can get bacon. You can get a breakfast grilled cheese. You can get a pizza grilled cheese. It's wild. I didn't even know about that one, and I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, it's my turn. All right. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> 
Would you rather fight one jack-sized Doak Walker or ten Doak Walker figurine-sized <laughs> Jack Walkers? Let me get my, let me get the Doak bobblehead that's in my game room right now. Uh, no, but <laughs> what a niche meme. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what a stupid meme. I, actually, that was the day. I actually really enjoyed that day. That was the first day. Uh, the my SMU current game day. Yeah, that was the day my current girlfriend and I like started Aww. actually like talking. That How was the cute. day I got her phone number. That's cute. Yeah, but to answer the question, um, I mean, I'd probably take a. I I wouldn't. I would take the jack size, uh, doke, uh, uh, wait, yeah, the jack size doke. Not to fight it, but just to give it a hug and to, like, play with his ball. What an answer. You know? I feel like you take offense to that. <laughs> well, no. Like, think about it. Like, if you have a Jack Walker-sized bobblehead, the first thing you're going to do is whack the head around and see yeah. it, like, woo, wacky waving inflatable arm flailing two Hannah, his style, purpose you know? is his bobblehead. His entire purpose is for his, his, his head no to bobble. Purpose. That's That's it. That's all he does. Yeah. I mean, and it would... It would make a great decorative <laughs> Relatable. piece. Relatable. It would make such a good agree, decorative yeah. piece. You could make it like a lamp. That would. Uh, that would scare me at night. Like, I get up to get some water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just dope. I, you just, like, uh, like, put them up in the corner of your room, like, right across Yikes. your bed. Cursed. Bad vibes. Fails <laughs> the vibe check. Next. <laughs> that smile. Ugh. Okay. Very important. Favorite Dippin' Dots flavor. Oh, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> hot take. The cotton candy flavor kind of slaps. Oh, I never had oh, it. Oh, yeah? It's good. It is good. I, I yeah. listen, I know because I am the Dippin' Dots god. You're a Dippin' Dots I, connoisseur, had... dude. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, you know me. You're the only person I... who keeps the Dippin' Dots fan club group chat alive. Well, it... I mean, yeah, it kind of died when COVID happened, but it's oh. gonna make a comeback. <laughs> speaking of speaking of uh, COVID, I remember when it first started up before school got canceled. I took, I found a picture of like a virus cell, and I put the forbidden dots like as a meme. Oh yeah, and I sent it to that group chat, and literally a week later, school got canceled. Oh, oh dear! It was the dots, Very the forbidden, forbidden dots. But yeah, <laughs> cotton candy is my underrated answer. Understandable. Fair. Okay. You walk into the Bruceteria. Which line do you go to first? What's your plate strategy? The the I'm not gonna exaggerate when I say this. My entire freshman year when I lived in Bruce Hall, I only ate pasta with Alfredo and cheese pizza. Oh no. And your poops I, must have been really bad. Oh no. <laughs> Great. Excellent. In and out. Like easy. Ah, wow. Okay, I but, shouldn't have brought that up. Anyway. <laughs> but in and out. But, yeah, so I literally, every single day, I went to Bruce, uh, Pasta Alfredo, pizza. And I wasn't the only one. My Like, Jordan, same way. Tyler, pretty sure he got the marinara, but other than that, same way. It's, like, it's I, a go-to. And even now, when I, like, get swiped into Bruce, because it's really easy to get swiped into Bruce for free. Um, <laughs> it is? Yeah, so... <laughs> okay, never mind. We probably shouldn't talk about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh! So, but yeah, so very, very, like, consistently go for the pasta alfredo and pizza. 
I, I don't understand y'all's fascination with Bruce Pizza. It's pretty yeah. good. It's terribly good. It's like eh. the worst thing in the menu, but it's still so uh, no, that's not satisfying. True. That's not true. It's not the best thing. Oh, when the uh <laughs> no, I said the the worst. Yeah, I know, but it's not the worst either. It's probably not as bad as the green rotisserie. The green rotisserie. I oh don't yeah, know. there there's a there's a point where the rotisserie chicken was just green. Go mean green, baby. Go mean green. green. (laughs) Don't recommend. Okay. Well, it is about. uh, Wait, what? What was that? Hmm? I think I just had a stroke. (laughs) Anyway. You good? Um, (laughs) Speaking of Bruce, uh, let's say let's let's. I'm gonna pose a hypothetical. Okay. Hypothetically, if you go to a high class restaurant such as the Bruceateria, where you get hash browns, do you get the stringy hash browns or the hockey puck like large tater tot? hash brown Ooh. trick question i don't get hash browns fair <laughs> all right that's a good answer yeah. so so if since you don't get hash browns you default to tater tots which since the the hockey puck hash brown is bis- basically no. a large tater tot he it, chooses the, 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 no. the hockey puck hash brown i will say the times where i've had to eat hash browns because it's like the only option at a, like a hotel or something I go with the hockey puck. I prefer the hockey yeah. puck hash browns. Yeah. You look okay. disgusted, Hannah. I'm not happy I'm with it. that answer. But you know I'm what? About it. To each their, I'm not judging you that much. So, <laughs> um, only a you lot. You justified your Denny's. <laughs> only a lot. I just You justified your Denny's answer so well that I can let that one slide under the yeah. floor like a hockey puck hash brown might. Heard that. Um, anyway, practice north or south and why? Practice north. Well, it's close. I, we we literally haven't had a single person do south, and I'm upsetting spaghetti. I, here here we go. I, I'll argue for south. The music right. stands in practice south are superior to the music stands in practice north. All five of them. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> what are you talking about? There's more music stands in practice south than there are in practice north. Yeah, but there's almost none Maybe. in either of them. Both of them. Well, yeah, that's fair. Neither. College of Music, if you're listening. Please. Music stands would be a great thing in the practice. I know they're renovating Bain Hall sooner or later. So, oh, yeah. You didn't know about that? That's, like, confirmed. No, no I didn't. Like, within oh, a few we years. We should have known that. We're supposed to know about the college music to put things in context for it. Yeah, yes. so the, the music annex and the uh, Bain Hall are getting renovated. But obviously, since, since COVID is COVID, um, like, that's not happening for a couple of years. They would have procrastinated on it. They would have found some way. Honest, I, okay. the new Starbucks. They, they renovated the library, and I I thought they weren't gonna get it done, but they got it done like really quickly. Like they got it done oh, within no. like a month, and I was Good so shocked because construct whatever construction company goes through UNT has no pace, has no prep pep to their step. I'm looking at you, Bruce Hall practice rooms that I didn't get to use. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Here's a hypothetical. All of the college of music faculty are trying to kill you, but you can choose one faculty member to protect you. Who do you choose? One faculty member to protect me. Against all the other ones who are gonna kill you. Well, may might not, depending on who you choose. I feel like Andrew May has a hidden like killer's instinct. <laughs> what? <laughs> who is that? 
<laughs> so Andrew May is wait you don't know who Andrew May is so I he guess I'm just dumb. Is, <laughs> he is one of the electroacoustics uh like professors in the comp department oh uh, i see super super intelligent guy but i feel like he has like a hidden past you know i feel like <laughs> i i feel like this, credit here first folks <laughs> this conspiracy time andrew may is probably a samurai or something like that because like he like you can ask any composition person, he is the most interesting person I've ever talked to on the comp in any staff member in the College of Music. And like, I I don't know. I just feel like he has a killer instinct. We're gonna I, have to yeah. have him on so we can clear his name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, shout out to to uh, Dr. May. He um he is doing a uh. I forgot. He's doing like some sort of project in China, uh, like oh, that, that's cool. that got announced oh. uh, the other day. So, Neat. shout out to him. Way to go, Doctor May. We'll have yeah. you on at some point so you can talk about it. Okay. <laughs> North Texas breastplate or eagle side? Can I just jump into a fire with the breastplate? Is that an option? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're going away. You have to pick one. Yeah. So that no one can understand it a year from now. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, if you say the, the eagle side, I'll be sad at you. I mean, I'm already hating myself with the breastplate. Like, just put the eagle side <laughs> on there. Oh man, I think I agree because there's like a mystery to it. We the never do the eagle the side. It's like, one. ooh, it's different. Ooh, bad. The, it's just the breastplate itself is just one of the it great idea in theory. Horrible execution, and it's probably because the uniforms yeah. were like. 50 million years old like dinosaurs were walking around during the time of the <laughs> on the plate. eagle side or the north <laughs> texas side <laughs> like like there was there's a, a bronchosaurus a bronchiosaurus like making the breastplates um <laughs> before the meteor hit um but yeah no the breastplate ugh, don't even get me started we should move on before i rant yes, about the on. breastplate if you were a Kane's food item, what would you be? The toast. It's the best item. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to brag, but like, or not brag. I don't mean to like toot my own horn, I guess. But I think I'm pretty cool. Toast is amazing. I'd be the toast. You can don't mean to don't mean to toast your toast. Yeah, and but, yeah. and on top of that, I'd be buttered on both sides. Toast. Ooh, it's bougie. Yeah. Um, Fun fact, you can butter both sides of the toast at Cane's. You ask them for a butter on both sides, and they go, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, if you had a one-way time machine, like you sign a waiver to stay in the destination time or something, would you use it? When would you go? I would, okay, so hear me out. I would have it and keep it until the day the world starts falling apart because of like climate change or meteor you mean like a couple months ago oh well yeah but (laughs) (laughs) but like when it's actually like falling apart you know like okay whenever people are dying from like heat exhaustion every five minutes you know i would use the time machine then to go back in time to when they invented like what's like a major invent invention that like contributes to environmental like like paper 
Paper? Like, oh no! But it could you could choose something different than paper. But think about it. Because like, like books were so important. That's and fair. Like, well, no, I mean like you can make paper out of rocks. Oh yeah, that's true. But like, I don't know. or maybe There's like so much re to it. reinvent like reinvent like the uh, the factory. Ooh yeah. Like Ooh. instead of like having coal be like a huge resource, just be like, hey there's this here's a windmill you know and then i would be the pioneer of windmill technology and then mm. and because like because i'd be the pioneer of that technology i'd make a crap ton of money and then i would have hereditary wealth to pass on to my offspring who would then get to live past 2050 wow boom inspirational nice nice Next. Okay. Well, <laughs> favorite bus box snack. Swedish fish. You know, Swedish fish. what you a know, choice. You know the uh, shower caddies that are like, like, I don't know, like how to describe them, but just the small shower caddies that just stick yeah, to the wall, like a suction cup ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I kid you not, Adam Self and I, we had like one of the big bags of Swedish fish, like the chunky ones and we filled Hungry. that shower caddy up with only swedish fish <laughs> like loose yeah like they were just <laughs> there and like anytime like we'd want swedish fish it was just right there no need to get to your bus box no need to open a bag and be super loud about it while the bus is sleeping it was just, just like it's that simple <laughs> I, Listeners, yeah. he I just mean, pretended to be asleep and put a Swedish fish in his mouth. I just want you to know. Oh yeah, this isn't <laughs> this isn't a visual form of entertainment. I'm sorry. No, oh, no, you're I'm, good. No, it's okay. I'm a very visual person. When I talk, I talk with my hands and do a bunch of. He's waving his hands around skits. like a lot. <laughs> we we should get like a trans like a like a visual to audio translator or something. Yes. Actually, yeah. so do you know the podcast My Favorite Murder? No, I don't yeah, follow real yeah. crime. I'm sorry. Okay, so they what they do is they have an Instagram page dedicated for visuals on their podcast. Oh, that's cool. Huh. Yeah, so that would that would be something. We to don't look have into, any visuals. Like. We were thinking about doing something on YouTube. Okay, but yeah, it's like it, if like you have like I don't know if if someone makes reference to like a solo or something, you can post the solo and like the recordings and stuff like that on there. Ooh. I don't know. Yeah. Just an idea. That's, a good, that's actually a really good idea. We might we might look into that. Write that down. We're also write looking that down. maybe into uh, some merch. I don't know. Uh, coming soon. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Oh, last question. Ooh. <laughs> My elbow Shut on the table. Elbow. <laughs> so Hannah literally just whacked her funny bone on her desk. I leaned forward. Ow. Okay. Anyway. A little too hard. How was your day? <laughs> Is that the question? That's the you question. injured yourself for the question, how's my day? Well, how oh. was it? <laughs> my day is going great. I, I'm living life. I, yeah, nothing else to say. Going yeah. to Best Buy later awesome. today, but yeah. Party. Best Buy, what are you going to buy? I the need best. to, well, judging from how my internet died... That wasn't even funny. That literally was not funny. Why are you laughing? Best Buy. They're the best. I liked it. I liked it. Oh my god. Go off, I guess. I I 
I don't know. I'm I'm like a super saver. Okay, I can't just go to Best Buy and be like, okay, like Tyler. Tyler, yeah, I was talking to him yesterday, and he just went to Best Buy and bought an Apple TV. Like, I just I, go to Best Buy and buy things. That's how commerce works. I <laughs> I can't do that. I I like hoard and save my money. I like I I, mean, I use them on big purchases. <laughs> like the last big purchase I made was, a, can I, I bought a bidet. That's okay. That, can I, yeah, can that's I talk environmentally about <laughs> friendly, baby. Yeah. We can talk about um, bidets. And I'm really <laughs> excited about it because it's like fancy. <laughs> anyway, anyway, yeah. So anyway, that'll, uh, it's that's about it, time yes. to uh, wrap this thing up. Yeah. So yeah, again, George, thank you very much for, uh, oh, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you, George, for uh, joining us today. Yeah, um, no problem. Thank you for, for having me on. Thank you for letting me grill Reagan on <laughs> Grill Reagan and toast. And toast. Um, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Uh, thanks for watching. Bye. 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 Gummy Hey, everybody. Did you like the UNT College of Music in Context podcast? Did you hate it? What'd you think? Visit our Twitter at UNT Comic Podcast or Facebook also at UNT Comic Podcast and let us know. Give us suggestions. See what's coming your way in future episodes. Ladies, the DMs are open. And gentlemen, we are inclusive. You can even rate us on Apple Podcasts if you're listening on an iPhone, iPod, iPad, iPad, or iPatch. Not sure about those last two. We welcome any and all feedback. Uh, let us know if you have any questions or just feedback for the podcast. Anyway, thanks for watching. Uh, we'll see you guys next week on the UNT College of Music in Context podcast. That's it for us. Bye. Love y'all. Bye.